With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Trickeration. Welcome to Trickeration, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome back to the Trickeration Podcast, the number one podcast about deception in sports, pranks, schemes, scams, trick plays, elaborate hoaxes. If they happened in sports, we are here to talk about it. Quick reminder to join the Trickeration Nation on Instagram at Trickeration. And a big thank you to the commenter who recently pointed out that Trickeration isn't even a real word. You, sir, are definitely getting the show. This week, we've got a great one, a story about a father and son duo who infiltrated the world's most famous arena to rub elbows with the world's most famous athlete. All right, on to the show. So I met Mario Lemieux, John Elway, Joe Namath, um, Shaq and Scottie Pippen, Jeremy Roenick. Um, I'm trying to remember who else, Michael Jordan. That's Gary Veter, a stand-up comedian who as a kid in New York in the 90s had a front row seat for a five-year basketball and hockey scam. I was so involved in loving sports and we'd wind up going to the games without a ticket. And I didn't just go to the games. I also was in the locker rooms and interacting and it was the best time. And this is the story of my dad and how we conned our way into professional sporting events. I lived in a town in Long Island where my parents did okay, but not like superbly great. It was the 92-93 season. I love the Knicks. I love the Rangers. The Rangers were just getting good. And, you know, the Knicks were just the Knicks. It's what everybody holds on to right now. So my dad and I, we started going to Madison Square Garden. And, you know, I always wanted to meet players. After the game, we would wait outside games and pretty much get rejected. Instead of us just waiting behind, those barricades, you know, waiting for the athletes to come out of the tunnel. My dad was like, oh, let's try and take it one step further and get into the locker room. So I was just, you know, hey, I'm for it. That sounds pretty good to me. My father, Manny, uh, everything wasn't the most honest thing that he was always doing. I mean, I remember as a kid, somebody bumped my dad. It was a fender bender and, you know, and he's wearing a neck brace till he would be able to file his insurance claim and then make some money. And was your dad also using deceit in however he made a living? Sure. I mean, you know, he was dishonest from every business opportunity that he had, whether it would be at a furniture store where he was the owner, he wouldn't send people their furniture, which doesn't seem like a great scam, but people don't necessarily know where to go when they pay for furniture and they don't receive it. And then it's like you file a huge legal battle over a $500 couch. 
So it's like these things where my dad would test the limits. So what other kinds of scams would he do? I mean, he owned pay phones. He would claim that he worked for AT&T and then he'd install them in a store like a Toys R Us. And then he would collect the money from that. My dad was quick with everything that he talked about and knew the lingo of what to say and then was able to get access to various places under different assumptions of identity. So tell me about how the Madison Square Garden scam worked. When did this all start? When I was in uh, beginning, like around fourth grade, I was a subscriber to Sports Illustrated for Kids. My dad had the idea like, oh, I could say my son works for Sports Illustrated for Kids as a reporter and I'm a photographer. And that would get us access to games. He would call Madison Square Garden and tell them that Sports Illustrated for Kids is coming today. And if you can, please, you know, leave two press passes aside. And he wouldn't say that he was my father. And we'd wind up going to the games without a ticket. And this is, of course, pre-internet. So if somebody wanted to look it up or even go as far as make a phone call, it kind of wound up being a thing where it's too many layers where they're like, oh, why would I doubt that Sports Illustrated for Kids is coming? I'd get out of school around like one o'clock and my dad would always be waiting for me in his blue Chevy Caprice, which is a undercover cop car. Of course, he wasn't an undercover cop. And from there, we would head into the city. And it's like, you know, you see a car that's unmarked and you're like, oh, that's a cop car. You're going to move over to the side. You know, just let this car pass because it's a cop. And my dad took full advantage of that. And we'd always go to a camera store and he'd pick up, you know, some sports film. My dad was actually a good photographer and he had a big lens. So looked apart, also wore a vest, you know, to carry film. And uh, we'd show up to the garden and they'd have our press passes waiting. I was never interrogated. Nobody questioned our authenticity of what we were doing. Everything was on point and believable. And was your dad worried about getting caught? It seems like it could have been a problem if he's busted for trespassing and then what happens to you? That's one of the things my dad always told me was that you see a father and a kid, people aren't gonna say, hey, you're running a, a scam because you're gonna make the father look bad in front of his kid. You kind of let it go by. If it was just him trying to sneak in, he could wind up being in jail. But having your kid, I think they're a little bit more lenient, you know, a little bit more of a slap on the wrist. And I think he knew that where that he was able to work that to his advantage. Would be there for shoot around. My dad, he was on the floor. I mean, my dad was constantly on the floor. The only times we would be together would be intermission. He'd come and find me or I'd go to him as a you know, nine to basically 13 year old, I would be walking around the garden pretty much by myself. I'd go around and just try and find an empty chair. And since I was a kid, nobody told the kid to move. And, you know, if they weren't good seats, I would be up in the press box. I was able to get into the locker room and get autographs and interview the players. I was just so in love with the fact that I was able to go to these games and witness things that people weren't able to see. And at the Knicks games, I could go on the court for a minute and for Ranger games, I'd go on the ice after the games. It would be no problem because I had a press pass. I was there so often that it was kind of just a normal thing for me. So putting the illegality aside, this actually seems like a really nice thing that your dad was doing for you. Well, I think he enjoyed the fact that he could go to these games too. So it wasn't just, hey, I'm doing this for my kid because 
hey, like I said, during those games, we wouldn't even be sitting next to each other. But I think the rush of the overall con was kind of what he enjoyed and the fact that he was able to share that with me. My dad was trying to show me the world in his lens of, oh, you could go to this stuff and you could do this, just you might have to make some things up along the way. In his way, he was kind of showing me, to him, that's how life works. And how far did you guys push this thing? I mean, were you just doing fake interviews or did you ever take things even further? One of the things we did was a lot of times I would go in the visitor's locker room or the Knicks locker room and my dad would just, he'd walk out with sneakers or hockey sticks. I remember it was a World Cup of Hockey and the USA played Russia. And during that game, I went to the Russian locker room and my dad lifted a hockey stick from there. Another time at the uh, Orlando Magic game, he took a pair of Dennis Scott's shoes that was just like laying there. In his fifth game after returning to the NBA in 1995 after his minor league baseball sabbatical, MJ returns to MSG. That particular day when the, the Knicks were playing the Bulls, I mean, every celebrity was there. And uh, we were you know, taking pictures with everybody. Uh, Bill Murray and um, Tom Brokaw and Diane Sawyer was there. And then we took a bunch of pictures with Sidney Crawford. But, you know, I mean, I was there to see Jordan. That was like the thing. And I wound up sitting in the third row and my dad, he was on the floor. In one of the most iconic games in Jordan's career, he puts on a show for New York fans, finishing with 55 points in a Bulls win. I remember from that particular game, the actual Sports Illustrated for kids were also there. And we have to figure out, like, how are we going to get into the locker room without uh, the security guards knowing that now there's two of us that are here. By the way, Sports Illustrated for kids, they're adults. They never had kids to be reporters. I think they do now, but back then they never did. After the game, you know, everybody was trying to get into the locker room. My dad and I, we like rushed there and he knew the security guards because one thing he would always do is he would always take pictures with the court in the back of them. And when he would see them, he would give them these nice pictures of them. And they'd always appreciate that. They let us go. And we were able to get into the Bulls locker room. But when they got into the Bulls locker room, Jordan was nowhere to be found. My dad must have talked to somebody to find out where Michael was. And they went to tell him that, oh, there's a kid here from Sports Illustrated. You know, he's 10 years old. Can you talk to him for a minute? Manny and Gary's request for a meeting with his royal heiress was granted. It was like a private locker room. It was just him and Phil Jackson and some of the assistant coaches. There were no other reporters. I was the only one that was there. And uh, I was like shaking. So I asked him one question. What's your favorite food? And he said steak. And I, I, I mean, this kills me to this day, but I was too scared to ask him for an autograph. My dad snapped some pictures and he, uh, he was, yeah, he was nice. One thing I remember is that I had feelers on and he was just like, you know, you should go get some Nikes. And I mean, now I would have just been like, yo, give me yours. But, uh, I didn't say that. And, uh, that was just an awesome, you know, awesome experience. It was just, you know, every kid's dream. So who was the second biggest athlete you met? So I met Mario Lemieux, who is my favorite hockey player and who I think is the best ever. My dad pretended to be Mario Lemieux's chauffeur. 
he called up the hotel that he was staying at. It was a Marriott hotel in Long Island. And he called up and said that he was a chauffeur, found out what time he was going to be down in the lobby. And my dad called later in that day to tell him that, hey, this is blah, blah, blah from Sports Illustrated. If you could come down at like 7.30 a.m., you know, do our interview. And so Marriott Lemieux came down and my dad reserved the whole banquet hall in this Marriott where I sat in the chair right next to Mario Lemieux and I asked a whole bunch of questions. My dad actually videotaped it. And after the interview, I had two hockey cards like right on the table. He signed them both. And then I walked him out to his car where it was just like Mario Lemieux and I talking. You know, that's like a surreal experience where I'm like, did that even happen? Why did the scam eventually end? I got older and I mean, yeah, it came down to not wanting to lie about you know, who I was. It was just something that I, I felt that I didn't want to do anymore. I mean, I, I, I did it for about four or five years and uh, it was just kind of ran its course. So in hindsight, how do you view this whole experience? Was this a positive or a negative thing? I think it's positive because I it got me to see the world in a, a different way that I would have been able to see it. You know, I never would have been able to interact with Michael Jordan, never would have been able to meet Shaq. Yes, it was deceitful on how I got there, but it kind of showed me, hey, you know, I can have a good life. And I could be around these people. And you know, I don't want to say I'm equal to Michael Jordan, but I could sit down next to him and, and talk to him. All right, that is it for today. A big thanks to Gary Veter for sharing his story. And for more from Gary, check out his comedy special, Veter Las Vegas, which you can get on his website, GaryVeter.com, V-I-D-E-R. And a quick disclaimer, if you are a parent considering using your child in a scam of this sort or any sort of scam, I highly encourage it. It really helps, as Gary said, avoid you getting serious penalties. So this is a great idea if you've got a young child. And real quick, if you're liking the show in general, please take a minute to rate and review and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you do this kind of stuff and dig through the archives for eps you may have missed. And as we do every week, we check in with the legend, Chris, Mad Dog Russo. Chris, how'd we do this week? Maddie, good job. Keep up the good work, pal. Thanks, Chris. All right. Talk to you guys next week. Trickeration is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.
You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there.